I always had these beautiful tools that I could use and utilize to work through anything emotional that I was going through and any sort of mental struggles that were coming up for me that I'd gathered over years of in my own mental health struggles and just living life. And when I became pregnant, I had to really create new ways of looking at those because not only did I have sort of it wasn't just situational things going on there was this whole other hormonal element that had come in that was uncontrollable (laughs) and one of my favorite things was just having a shower sitting in the shower and having a good cry and that just seemed to work so beautifully for me. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience, a first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and indulgence, to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. Hi everyone. Today I am joined by my good friend, Shambri Ferrier. Shambri's been on the show a few times now and she comes on to speak about her three brains and mindfulness and meditation and breath work. So I invited her back today because Shambri is actually pregnant and I was really intrigued to see how her self-care had changed in any way while she's been on the journey of pregnancy and looking forward to motherhood. So welcome back, Shambri. I love chatting to you. Thank you, Elena. Thank you for having me back. Congratulations on your beautiful little bump that you've got there. Not so little. How many weeks are you? 31? 31 weeks. Yeah, getting getting very close. That's very exciting. And this is Shambri's first baby, so she's experiencing it for the first time. So um, yeah, I just thought that I would love to have a conversation with you around how your self-care has maybe changed whilst you've been pregnant because having you know, I've got two children myself and looking back 
to like 13 years ago when I was pregnant for the first time. I, I wished I'd known then what I know now. So I'm really intrigued to kind of unpack what you've been doing and find out how you've been looking after yourself. So do you just want to share a little bit about your journey so far or anything you want to share with us? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I suppose I'll give you a little bit of a rundown on what's been happening so far and then we can go into it in more detail if you have any questions. But I was extremely lucky to be able to choose the position that I wanted to be in for pregnancy and to really be able to immerse myself fully in this transition. I was able, I've been staying pretty much at home. I stopped working about 13 weeks in from around, yeah, fairly close. And I was had a very unwell first trimester. It was a lot of the fatigue and morning sickness just got to me pretty hard. Whilst that was happening, my fiancé was working away, fly in, fly out, and he was on a roster of three weeks on and one week off. So emotionally, oh, we had also moved to Margaret River, beautiful Margaret River, but I had moved away from my family and I was sort of just down here in the middle of winter, sick, sleeping on the couch, eating corn chips, and that's about it. <laughs> Crying in the south. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, this is really so like kind of familiar to me because when I first became pregnant with my eldest son, I found out I was pregnant the day before we got on the plane to emigrate to Australia. He wasn't planned. He was a, a beautiful surprise. But very similar you know I got here it was all brand new I didn't know anyone I'd left all my family support at home my husband was working away as well so yeah I totally empathize with you I I've been in that situation and I too was very very sick and I ended up giving up work as well because it was just all too much for me yeah it's just something that if you, you know, if you can do it, I mean, I think it's very beneficial to be able to just give yourself the time and space. But uh, for me, you know, physically, it wasn't the hardest thing being sick. It was the emotional and mental part that being away from family, being my, having my partner away, that, yeah, that was definitely what I struggled with the most for the probably the first half of my pregnancy. And Within saying that, you're almost, I guess I was just fully absorbed into shedding who I was and creating this human and going into this transition of becoming a mother, but not quite one yet and not working. I didn't really have anything to distract me. So daily it was thinking about all of the things going on in my body, in my head, emotionally. And pre-pregnancy, I had, I felt a really good within, I suppose, my three brains that I, I talk about is I had a really good and healthy mental health and emotional support regime. I always had these beautiful tools that I could use and utilise to work through anything emotional that I was going through and any sort of mental struggles that were coming up for me that I'd gathered over years of 
in my own mental health struggles and just living life. And when I became pregnant, I had to really create new ways of looking at those because not only did I have sort of, it wasn't just situational things going on, there was this whole other hormonal element that had come in that was uncontrollable. (laughs) And one of my favourite things was just having a shower, sitting in the shower and having a good cry. And that just seemed to work so beautifully for me because it wasn't something that I could rationalise or work through and use my tools. It was just what it was. And so surrendering to just being a mess one minute and then completely fine the next was a big adjustment as well. That's yeah, I remember it well. It's a roller coaster of emotions, isn't it? It's just been a ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it really is. And I'm sure anyone who's been pregnant or is pregnant that's listening will be like nodding their head, smiling at it like I am <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> and looking back on it, I feel like I can laugh and it just sounds hilarious looking looking back, but um yeah, it wasn't at the time. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, you're doing well. You know, I'll share with you, like Tom, my ex-husband, he was um, working away, as I said. And after 12 weeks, I spat the dummy and went back to Scotland because I was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm going back to my family. You're in Indonesia working and I'm here on my own and I'm going back there. So <laughs> you're doing well. Thank <laughs> you. I was very um, lucky, I suppose. One of one of the my one of my beautiful closest friends now, I actually I went to high school with, and um, her and I found out we were pregnant probably within days of each other and uh, within a week of our due date together. So wow, that was a very very special to have um, her to be have, have to have had her next to me throughout this whole time and we've both been quite unwell so it was nice that neither one of us was doing really well and then you didn't want to text the other one and say how are you going I'm great oh it's not talk to you (laughs) it's beautiful having peer support and someone who's on the same journey with you at the same time because it can be very isolating if you don't know anyone else who's pregnant or experiencing it what you're going through you know at the same time as you yeah and you can ask you know family and friends who have all been there before but there's something not quite the same as someone going through it at exactly the same point as you and you can really relate to you know just like now um in terms of timeline and society and where the world is and everything like that but also just the stage and what's happening day to day as well because coming out the other side, you're going to have each other as well. Once you've both got these beautiful babies in your arms, you know, and you can continue to support each other. And these children will maybe grow up, you know, and be best friends as well. You just don't know what the future holds, but that's gorgeous. Yeah, it's very exciting. So I think one of the biggest things that came in through some of your work, Elena, is looking at indulgent self-care really became for me something that was only a small part of my self-care routine previously whereas I do all of the wonderful more simple things 
but and then just have indulgent self-care as and every now and then and I think of indulgent self-care as taking yourself on a date and a message of gratitude to your body and at this point being pregnant I needed a whole lot of gratitude for my body <laughs> a whole lot of indulgence yeah your body's changing daily when you're pregnant and it's it, some people like struggle to get their heads around the concept, whereas other people love how it's changing. It's it's such an individualized thing, pregnancy. You know, we we all experience it differently. So that's so awesome that you're really embracing the indulgent self-care. Because what better time to do it than when you're busy growing another human inside you, you know? Definitely. It, it, it was a big reminder for myself to come back to self-care. I think, yeah, pregnancy in itself just reminded me where I was not implementing self-care and if I was at all or if I'd forgotten it and to really come back to that. And that's, I think, pregnancy is just in itself self-care. Yeah, you you have to remember, you know, and the toll it's taking on your body you need more rest, you need more downtime, you need to indulge that indulgent aspects because, you know, in another, what, 10 weeks or so, you're going to be a mum with a baby in your arms and suddenly, you know, (laughs) indulgent self-care may not be as high a priority as it is now, you know, so yeah, enjoy it while you can yeah 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 it just I think it was it's something that learning to be kind to myself has been just something that I've journeyed with my whole life I've always been someone that's very hard on and will push and push and push and so being kind learning to ask for help whether it's just from community friends family my partner especially and just saying I you know at the moment (laughs) can't bend down very easily so can someone help me pick this up (laughs) yeah oh I remember it I remember getting stuck in the bath at about 32 weeks you know I couldn't get out had to get help oh yeah just (laughs) I was I was in Coles the other day and I had to get I was the couscous was right at the bottom (laughs) I had to climb up the rails to just bring myself back up bless you god (laughs) it's funny isn't it we love yeah so yeah being kind to myself and allowing that indulgent self-care and very much within like the physical health part diet became at the start of my pregnancy for the first half when I was sick it was really just giving my body what it asked for and if that was corn chips and hot chips and a couple of sausage rolls (laughs) that's all it was yeah and if that's what my body needed, I listened. I really listened to my body in the way of just, this is what you need. And when I felt my body was getting, I really lost my appetite afterwards and I started a few nutritional supplements that I needed from certain blood tests and deficiencies. And there came this point where I wasn't as ravenously hungry anymore and I felt my body was really just getting everything that it needed. Whereas before it was obvious it must have just been trying and trying to get all of these stores in and all of these little minerals and vitamins that I was lacking. 
And now there was this balance and Bub was somewhat developed as much as possible and is now just, I suppose, in a bulking season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not as huge. And so I'm finding that, yeah, just really, I found really listening to my body with what it needed in that aspect and being kind to myself. And if it was just hot chips that I needed, allowing that and not having the guilt that comes with that. It's funny the things you crave, isn't it? Yeah. If you got in, both of mine, I couldn't get enough milk in me. Now I don't drink milk. Like I drink almond milk or soy milk. But back then I was drinking cow's milk. And I was drinking two liters a day. I just could not get enough inside me with both of them. It's really bizarre. But obviously, I, my body wanted the calcium, or so I don't know what it wanted. Yeah. yeah, that was my thing both times. For me, it was salt. Anything salty and savory, I would. Carbs and salt were my two things. So the hot chips just went down a treat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially with nausea, just munching on some corn chips. And <laughs> it was just perfect. So that was my thing. And noodles. But. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And the other thing I really craved was my youngest one was um, chocolate mint anything that was minty and chocolatey and now he absolutely loves chocolate mint stuff and I'm like I wonder you know you you start to question you know was that because I craved it when I was pregnant you know I just who knows like maybe one day they'll do research on this stuff but it's really interesting isn't it what very interesting and I went I green apples were another one I couldn't look at red apples but green apples were just such a treat <laughs> they're much more sour though than the red yeah. ones aren't they yeah yeah, yeah it's but I completely went off all greenery and having a salad was like a chore whereas I'd had this organic clean crisp beautiful healthy diet before pregnancy and then <laughs> just shoving sausage I'm... rolls in my mouth I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, whoa, this is not the kind of food you used to bring in for lunch when we work together, you know? Shambri and I used to be colleagues and she'd come in with all these beautiful salads and and, and I'm listening going, sausage rolls, Shambri? I'm a changed woman, Elena. You are. Yeah, it's okay. You're just listening to your body. Yeah. And so I just, I found it such a chore and I was going, oh, am I going to have this? I was freaking out thinking, am I going to have this child that is really picky with her food and is going to not eat salads? And so I'm trying to just stuff some lettuce in my mouth. I'm sure the baby will be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> but you worry about that when you're weaning. Don't worry about it now. As long yeah. as you're having a healthy, balanced diet, that's all that matters. Eh? Yeah. And hydration, especially in this heat in Perth right now, well, you're down south, so it's not quite as hot, I imagine, but yeah. it's still summer and it's still really warm. Definitely. So, yeah. That's been something that, yeah, for exercise-wise has been, it, it's, it has been um, really unseasonably hot down here, but it has been beautiful to just float in the ocean and have all the, the salt water just take away a your worries and b your weight <laughs> i've seen your photos on instagram it looks heavenly oh 
And I think it's beautiful that you've realized that you need to be kind to yourself and Mm. ask for help because that's two things as a new mom I was really rubbish at. So, and I think that didn't help me, you know, in the struggles of becoming a new mom. And I think that's beautiful that you've already started embracing that concept because that's going to be really good for you when you do have that beautiful baby in your arms and a a few weeks or longer than that, a couple of months. But yeah. Yeah, it was always something that I've been very, I'll do it. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I'll do it. And then on top of that, go and offer, you know, help to someone else. And I think asking for help and receiving, being able to receive is probably even harder for me than asking for help and just saying thank you. Yes, I will have help from community. I will have someone if they want to cook me a meal and freeze it and bring it over. Yes, thank you. I'm just not saying no and just allowing within my own boundaries but allowing and allowing myself to receive and our little family to receive is, yeah, is going to be huge. And I think the other thing I wanted to mention was pre-pregnancy, my non-negotiable was in self-care, sleep. I think I spoke about it in our first episode that we did, Elena, and it was... I love that you're just referring back to the questions I usually ask. (laughs) My job's really easy here today. This is like the first time in, you know, seven months that my brain's actually functioning. So <laughs> you're doing my job for me. I love this. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> and yeah, we were discussing, you know, my non-negotiable is sleep. And if if I can do all the right things, I can exercise, I can eat healthily, I can maintain my hydration, but if I don't get enough sleep, everything falls apart. And as a beautiful juxtaposition in pregnancy. I have pregnancy insomnia. Bless you. (laughs) I I have always been able to sleep and nap anywhere, anytime. I would I remember being on a trip in Europe with a girlfriend and we were on like one of those bus tours. And it would be four hours every day to like the next country or the next spot. And I would just be like one of those dolls that you lie down and the eyes close and they go to sleep. (laughs) I've always been able to do it and I thought, brilliant. This would be great as a mum and I've been in the training for years and now I cannot, I'm a wide awake all hours of the night and that's been a big test now. <laughs> yeah, but you're getting to that latter stage of pregnancy where Bob will be very active at some parts of the night as well. Oh, yes. Getting comfortable too because you can't, like I'm a tummy sleeper so when I was pregnant I I struggled with that as well. I'm, I'm doing the actions here. Nobody can see me except Shombri. But, you know, and I I really struggled because I couldn't get comfortable. And I remember my, my husband, he used to laugh because I'd get into bed and I'd have this like body pillow and then I'd have these other pillows and he used to be like, are you in your cocoon yet? And I'm like, no, I'm still not comfortable. And it became a bit of a joke, you know, because I just, I couldn't, yeah, yeah, I feel you. I remember him. Yeah. As Jack came in the other night and just like, I was having a nap and I had all of my pillow cocoon around me. (laughs) 
and he just threw all of the pillows thinking it was this hilarious joke from the couch from like the couches and all the living rooms and just like threw them on me and I thought you think this is quite funny but I'm very grateful for all the pillows <laughs> I just kept piling them up and using yeah. more just put them in appropriate places just to get your body right on the right angle yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I've always been the backs like I can sleep on, I really enjoy sleeping on my back and that's one thing that now at this point I can't do and so trying to just go from one side and then needing to roll over an hour later or whenever and trying to keep everything in without feeling the the pain of the everything separating yeah is, um yeah and keep all the pillows in place or then readjust the, pill <laughs> readjust yeah, the, the pillows and the gaviscon on the nightstand that was the <laughs> only thing for the indigestion that would get you in the middle of the night i remember yeah. that one too oh yeah so it's beautiful you know the, the time that i get to really sleep when between bub sleeping um, is when Jack goes to work and I just steal all of his pillows and go back to sleep for another couple of hours and that's that's my sleep now. <laughs> that's awesome that you're allowing yourself to do that and not putting yourself under any pressure to get up because, yeah, you know, that's a huge part of your self-care as well. You said, you know, you sleep was a non-negotiable before, so you're still honouring yourself and your needs and having that sleep and letting yourself sleep in in the morning which i think is is brilliant and you know when bub arrives if it's the same thing you know when baby sleeps mom sleeps i was very much of that opinion especially at that early point in the day because my eldest he used to be up multiple times in the night but he would sleep from like five through till about 9 30 so I slept as well and people would be oh do you want to come to this um like baby rhyme time or we'll meet for coffee or whatever like no I'll be asleep <laughs> like I'm not <laughs> I'm sorry I'll be asleep because he'll be asleep so I'm sleeping too or so I can get through the rest of the day yeah non-negotiable yeah. yeah. my diary does not start until 10 o'clock yeah. <laughs> at the moment and that I think that was something that I, I struggled with throughout throughout pregnancy is that I always loved routine. I was someone that loved routine. And as soon as I was sick with morning sickness, trying to drag myself out just to do any kind of yoga or my meditation, it just became all like it was almost like I was allergic to all self-care <laughs> routine, anything spiritual practice, anything just routine I was allergic to <laughs> and just couldn't even think of of doing that and I think yeah as soon as 30 weeks came around I finally accepted finally surrendered and said okay mornings are not mine I don't need routine I'm not going to have one for quite some time and even if I do it's going to look very very different to how it did before so let's just work with what we've got <laughs> yeah just I think that's one thing like pregnancy and motherhood prepares you for is that you have to learn to go with the flow because if you're trying to micromanage and control that's when you add extra stress onto yourself and you know suddenly you've got this extra human that needs you and you're um you can't kind of be self-centered anymore because you know it's yeah just it's a game changer and like you can't I know how many people said to me 
you know, your life's about to completely change. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. No one can prepare you for it. And you can read all the books you want. And I'm, I'm sure anyone who's listening who has had a baby will, will understand what I'm saying, you know. But it's the most beautiful transition in your life at the same time, you know. And suddenly you've got this amazing baby and this unconditional love. And it's just, it's beautiful, but it is it's that just learning to go with the flow, you know, and yeah. doing what's right for you. And, and I think I speak from being a mom of two children with ADHD. So obviously I've had to throw the traditional parenting books out the window and learn to just go with the flow with them. And I wished that I'd had the insight I have now back when I did have newborn babies because I probably put myself through a lot more stress than I actually needed to just by trying to be in control and, and live up to other people's expectations of what I should be doing rather than just listening to myself and doing what was right for me and my children. So yeah, that's awesome that you're just surrendering and going with the flow because that'll stay you on good. You're going to rock this motherhood thing, Chandra. You've got it sorted already. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know how sorted I've got it, but I feel I'm 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 getting there. <laughs> yeah. And you've got mum's not far away. She's in Perth, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So there, I think her plan is to come down and just and be around. They've got a house not too far away, so she'll be she'll be here if if I need her. And um, that's awesome. Yeah. So it, I think the other thing is that support you know, is, is like we were talking about before and I may not have had a, hu a huge amount of it at the beginning and there's been this beautiful shift that's happened and Jack's home now every night, which was such a blessing to before having him away and being able to have family support. And I suppose part of that was then me asking and saying, I, I need some help, I need some emotional support. Yeah, that's been really special. So it is, it is, if you have, you know, support, and I think you all, you will always have support in various differing ways if it's not in how you originally think. Yeah, and that was a huge thing for me, you know. I mean, I've never shared this on the podcast before, but I will now. I mean, I th this was back in 2008 I moved to Australia, but as I said, you know, we found out I was pregnant the day before we got on the plane. At 13 weeks, I'd lost 10 kilos. I was so sick. My husband was working in Indonesia. I was on my own. And I got on the plane and went back to Scotland for a few weeks just to have family support around me. That few weeks turned into two and a half years. And bless him, Tom, my ex-husband now, he... Um, managed to get a transfer back to Scotland and I ended up having the baby back there just because I needed that family support network around me I just there was something in me knew I had to get myself back there and my family were all absolutely amazing you know and they all kind of um came around and helped me out and um yeah but I know I couldn't have done it out here on my own without yeah without their them around and like that was you know it's one of these life lessons 
it wasn't the fact that we were giving up on our Australian dream. You know, we came back two years later with this two-year-old rather than um, just saying, oh, we're not doing it again. And the second time round, you know, well, I've been here ever since, you know, I'm nearly 11 years in, but it was, it's that, and as you said, you know, it's that support, it's needing that, that support around you. And I knew no one here and yeah, it was a real kind of, it was a funny time. And of course, all the pregnancy emotions were involved as well. And yeah, I look back then and think, my poor husband, but <laughs> um, yeah, we're still very good friends, as you all know, so it's okay. But yeah, <laughs> the guys go through a lot as well, I think, when you're pregnant because they have to deal with this emotional bag of they don't know what they're coming home to because we don't know what's happening inside our own bodies either. So wow. yeah, but it is, it's a big transition in your life, but yeah. I think you're you're nailing it and you seem to you've got your head wrapped around it all and you've got the support in place and you're looking after you and yeah, yeah it's ex I can't wait to meet Bob oh, I'm so excited I think just one thing I've been thinking I want to ask you while you've been talking yeah of course you mentioned meditation earlier I didn't meditate when I was pregnant it wasn't a thing I did you know I've went on to do my mindfulness training since so how do you find meditating while you're pregnant? Like, does Bob love it or do they get really active? You know, like, I'm interested to know. It depends. It's something that I'm still like reintegrating. Before, like pre-pregnancy, I did probably between half an hour and an hour of meditation a day, either whether it be split up or in one. And it was very static meditation. And I would just sit in that lotus position and it was just for me the, you know, either integrating what had been through the day or what I need to do or um, just to have that peace and quiet and come back to clarity and presence within my life. And that all went out the window <laughs> very frustratingly during pregnancy. And now just allowing myself, whether it's two minutes or five minutes or sometimes it can be half an hour, to just sit and it looks slightly different I may not be as focused but she yeah Bub loves it she really does and it is in a way it's a beautiful way to be able to connect with my baby and I'll have either both hands on my belly or one on my heart and one on my belly and sometimes she'll just be you know boxing the whole time <laughs> so women away or sometimes she'll just be completely still and sleeping I suppose it depends what time of day in her schedule it is yeah <laughs> her sleep awake schedule miss up all night yeah she's been up all night so <laughs> if it's nice and early in the morning she's still sleeping but um yeah and then even if she is kicking it's really nice to tune into in really deeply into what her movements are and how they are and what they're what they're doing yeah that's gorgeous and I was just thinking as I was listening to you know just having your hand on that on your bump and and really feeling what she's doing and being completely present with her in that moment you know because yeah it's such a special magical time being pregnant and 
you don't have the bumps only there for half of it, you know, and you're only aware of what they're actually up to in there for probably less than half. So it's a very fleeting time when you consider it in your whole life. So yeah, being able to just sit there and be present and really, really connect with her. Yeah. And just yeah. feel what she's doing and how, and I bet you she's loving it because you're obviously really calm when mm. you're in that meditative state. So that's sending her that same kind of energy and yeah, that's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah she loves it. And I mean, one of the one of the things that I really my, probably my biggest struggle in pregnancy was early on I couldn't connect with her I didn't feel like I could I was connected to my baby I felt the most disconnected from pre I guess pre-pregnancy I have always dreamed of being a mother I have been maternal since coming out of the womb myself. <laughs> I have always been, you know, dreamt of, I was never really one for dreaming of marriages or the future too much, but I knew in my heart that my purpose was always to be a mum and could really connect with the vision that way. And then when I was pregnant very early on, probably until, oh, not until I really started feeling the kicks, and I did feel them quite early, but even still that there was this separation, I just felt like I couldn't connect. And I really struggled with that mentally, thinking, having all sorts of thoughts, whether I'd be a good mother, whether I've chosen the right thing, whether now's the right time, just an array of these horrific, scary thoughts were just coming through my head. And I wasn't even doing my meditation, so that probably wasn't helping. <laughs> and feeling a lack of connection was, yeah, something that, I, again, I had to surrender to and just sit with it and know that it may come, it may not until she's out. And I know for some people there was, you know, some people struggle with postnatal depression. I think I really struggled with a bit of prenatal and that was, yeah, not connecting to Bub early on was probably one of those things for me. So one thing that helped me is journaling and just writing to her each day or each week how I'm feeling. And, um, and then I started writing poetry as well. And that was just one of my creative processes that I felt I could get how my emotions out onto the page and onto the paper and do something creative as well as keeping my mind occupied as well as letting myself and the page know how I was feeling and really acknowledging that and um yeah this is you know coming from someone that nearly failed English <laughs> in high school and I'm writing poetry <laughs> so lots of changes in pregnancy beautiful and because you are journaling and you know I'm a huge fan of journaling yeah. you've got this to look back on and share with her one day and I I've got really lax and I don't do it anymore which I'm I feel bad about and I am I wish I had been more kind of strict with myself with it but when my babies were young here's a tip for you I don't know if you've done it yet mm. I wanted to get them an email address so that they got their names okay 
bear with me here. And I used to write them, like they didn't have the email account, obviously, but I wrote them an email every month telling them about what had been happening in their life that month. So now they're all sitting in their inbox when they do eventually get that email address waiting for them. So they've got like this timeline of events throughout the early years of their life waiting there for them so they can it'll probably be more for my benefit I've got boys <laughs> they probably won't care but it's I know it has been logged somewhere for them that's incredible I yeah that. it was just something I wanted to do for them you know I, and yeah. I thought we've got quite an unusual surname you know Mullery's not that common so I managed to snag their first name and their surname and like I've got Elena Mullery in most of the different domains because Mullery is so unusual so I just wanted to get them theirs wow. and yeah so it's all sitting there waiting on them for one day oh, when, they, cool. when they log in and use their own email address <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny. I I want to have you back on the show once um, she arrives and you're all established and, and everything's kind of settling into place. I'd love to have you back because I had Heidi Anderson on the show last year and um, she had her little guy. Oh, I forget his name now. But she was actually with him while we recorded and it was gorgeous. And you can hear him even in the, um, once we edited, we left some of it in, you know, you hear him crying and cooing and stuff. And we were talking about her journey through, you know, becoming a mom in the early months of motherhood. And it was, um, it was a really awesome podcast. It was well received. So I'd love to have you back just to follow up on this episode and see how, how things are going and get to meet her. Of course, I would love that little fourth trimester. Yeah, or even later, like no pressure, yeah. you know, just whenever you're ready. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll do this again and we can see how you're traveling because you've got all the strategies in place. I love how you're just nurturing you and you're connecting to her. And I think like you were saying, you know, you failed, struggled to connect with her early on. You know, I was with you in that both times. I think because mm. you feel so rotten. And these people who don't feel rotten in the first trimester, they're so lucky because yeah. both of mine, you know, I lost heaps of weight. My body changed initially by getting much smaller than it is. Mm. I think with the eldest, I lost 10 kilos and the younger one, I lost seven just because I was so sick. And I struggled to connect too because there's nothing physical to connect to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like you, you know, once I hit second trimester and I started to feel movement and see my tummy start to expand, then I started to connect more with them. So I think, I don't think it's uncommon what you've experienced, you know, it's no. something like I think it's and that's not downplaying your experience I just you know um, I'm just sharing that it's quite it's okay to be feeling that way you know rather than it being something that you should be concerned about yeah I think it's something that happens a lot more commonly than than we talk about and then we then we think we do and I, I something that I suppose lastly <laughs> um is yeah, we see all of these mothers or pregnant pregnant women that are, we have this vision or this mindset, I know I definitely did, that, you know, you, you, you kind of need to soldier on and you need to keep 
doing what you were doing before pregnancy and keep working to a certain level or keep exercising to a certain level or we you know see role models or people here and there and we think we need to be like that as well I think for me stopping complete work completely and and luckily I was in the position to be able to do that and I'm very grateful for that and I acknowledge that not everyone can but to be able to have the time and the space to give to yourself to be in, in fully in the transition is something very special yeah yeah definitely I know the first time I just did some casual because I obviously went back to Scotland and Mm. I was very lucky that I the department I worked in prior to leaving I'd been there for 10 years and I contacted the manager and he was like yeah you can have some casual shifts so I just did the odd casual shift and then with my youngest one I worked Again, it was casual because my husband was working fly in, fly out. Mm-hmm. And I just worked, I think I stopped at 30 weeks with him. But yeah, I wasn't putting too much. And I had I had a three-year-old at home as well. So, you know, I yeah, the second time around, you don't have the, the luxury. So enjoy it, Shombri. <laughs> I remember I, with, with my eldest, I worked up until like just casual. I think I was only doing 20 hours a week, but yeah. I worked in theatres. You know, I was on my feet all day. And I worked up until 36 weeks. So he arrived at 37. So I felt completely done because I was like planning this four weeks of just complete me time, you know, and thinking this is going to be awesome. And yeah, in fact, his dad was away working in China and he literally just landed back in Scotland the day before he oh decided God. he was making an appearance because he was so early. So oh, God. he's still always in a rush. So <laughs> <laughs> something's like, never changed. <laughs> yeah, he was in a rush to arrive, and he's still always in a rush. Yeah. Yeah, bless him. But yeah, oh, it's been wonderful chatting to you, and you're looking so well. I know Thank the you. listeners can't he- see you, but <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's lovely to follow you on this journey and. Yeah, I'd love to have you back on the show. I'd love to be back. Thank you so much for having me once again. It's my pleasure. And you take care. And I don't like saying good luck because it doesn't feel like the right term. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, sending love. And and I can't wait to hear the news that she's arrived and you're both doing well. That's probably the best way to do it. Thank you so much, Elena. All the best. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.